0: What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 103 and I'm joined tonight by Ryan and Tyler. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: I'm doing good. There's some hockey news. It's getting cold out. My yard's getting out of control because it's wet too often. So it's a it's
0: a good fall day. Yeah, I'm trying to fix my entire house so that I can sell it. So
1: Mm, I'm going to be there in probably about six to eight months.
0: Yeah, I'm moving. Uh, my parents are selling me their house because they got a house built. So oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm moving back into my house that I lived in for like 16 years, but it's gonna be my house, and my parents are gonna be gone. So that's great. I gotta that's do good. everything. So you're
2: going, you're moving back home, except you're not moving back
0: home. I'm moving back home, but to be my home instead of my parents' home. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's better i'm moving i'm moving because the school districts are better so yeah
2: that'll do it yeah that is certainly good i am doing well the weather's starting the temperature's starting to drop here a little bit been playing a lot of the new nhl 21 playing a lot of the uh hockey ultimate team in light of no hockey but definitely excited you know that we can talk a little bit bit of hockey and you know hopefully some positivity as well
0: yeah, your temperatures are going down. I think ours are going up. I saw a day next week where it's supposed what? to be seventy-three. Well, Hold I talked
2: I talked to people all day long that are in Michigan, and it seems like like two days later we end up getting your weather. So
0: Yeah, I was in Mackinac uh this past weekend. I was on vacation and it was in the forties, but it didn't feel like the forties. Holy uh, crap it is. Yeah, there were yeah, times last uh this weekend in Mackinac where it said like 45, but it felt like 63. Greg, it's because of the positioning
2: of the sun. Come on, man. That's that's science 101, man.
0: Next three
1: days here in Michigan, at least for Canton, <laughs> it's going to be 70, 77, and 77. And then Saturday back down to low 50s and rain.
0: Yeah, so there's going to be some, it's like a couple days
1: of happiness and then sadness.
0: Are you guys done with fake fall? Because that's what happens every year. You every year, many winter. It lulls, us. Winter? It lulls us into a false sense of, of seasonal change. And mm-hmm. then it goes directly from, oh, look, the high was like 53 to bam, 70s again for three days. Yeah. So we'll see. Monday what is supposed
1: to be 65, apparently. No. Biggest way. thing is we're supposed to rain through the entire weekend
0: it's dumb it's dumb you just pick uh, pick your temperature range and stop making me feel like i'm sick
1: as long as it's not raining on halloween i'll be great we're going to henry ford with the family so just needs to chill
0: yeah that's uh i agree because i just need good weather to be able to pack and move things that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. i need so, are you moving
1: like how soon
0: no, um, my parents' house will be done in a couple weeks, but I'm packing stuff and moving it into the garage to get it out of ah, the house smart. so that the yep. house looks better when people come to look at it.
1: So no, nope, that makes sense.
0: It does. Uh, but we do have hockey to talk about tonight. No one wants to to our personal lives. Nobody cares. <laughs> so, uh, it's true. We've got, I mean, there was some news that came out of Chicago. There was uh, some rumblings about a possible realignment because Bill Foley, I don't know if he trolls or if he just can't keep his mouth shut. I feel like a lot of the times he's like, uh, he says something. He's like, was I not supposed to say that? Like, I thought everyone knew that information. (laughs) Uh, A little bit about Yoki Nevalainen's thoughts on possibility of uh, Team Sweden for the Under-18 tournament. A secondary buyout window. Some roster predictions, and then we have a couple questions from Twitter that we're going to go over. But I think we're going to start in Chicago. So... Yeah, uh, the customary boo. (laughs) And as I put it earlier, uh, I'll get to that. But Chicago, uh, if you were paying attention all to free agency, some of the veterans like Kane and Taves were kind of wondering what was going on because they started making moves. And Taves was crying to someone saying, I, uh, no one made us aware that we were rebuilding. No one ever said anything. And I wanted to be like, I'm sorry, you're an employee. Um, I'm not sure. I didn't know when you became part of management and why they would have to tell you directly that they're rebuilding.
1: Now, I can respect that idea a little bit because he is the captain of the team. Sure. But who is he, Jack Eichel? That's touche. Or,
2: yeah, but I mean, I mean, the honestly, LeBron, is he
1: going can... to LeBron
2: James of hockey right now? I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I don't because, I mean, Kane and Taves have brought those guys three Stanley Cups. It's not like you're just talking about, like, a guy like Kirby Doc, someone that they just drafted or something like that, where you're talking to them. I mean, I can see talking to Kane or Taves or Seabrook or Keith or one of those guys, and, I mean, the fact that they weren't made aware, I mean, they probably should have seen the writing on the wall a long time ago. But, I mean, they probably should be afforded at least an opportunity to have a talk with. You know what I mean? So. Not, not not necessarily a, do you agree with this? More like, this is the direction we're going in. Would you like to still be a part of this?
0: You're saying give them a heads talk? up. Yeah. So, so here's what happened. In the past couple of days, they did give them a, a, a heads up after free agency. They apparently sat down Kane, Taves, and Seabrook. And kind of told them the direction the team needs to go, and then they released this letter uh, to the <laughs> fans. So I'm going to read the letter in its entirety. We can have a little oh, chuckle you're going about all in. We can have a little chuckle about it, and then Ryan's got a little more information on it. So here's the letter: uh, a message to Blackhawks fans. We recently said goodbye to <laughs> a pair sorry. of popular two-time <laughs> champions.
1: Just the way it starts. And acquired so
0: funny. some new players via trade and free agency. We understand it was tough to see those respected veterans go and realize you may have some questions about our direction. We'd like to address that direction and share why we're hopeful for the future of Blackhawks hockey. We're committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster. We want more than another window to win. We want to reach the summit again and stay there. An effort that will require a stockpile of emerging talent to complement our top players. The influx of youth and their progression will provide roster flexibility and depth throughout our lineup. We were already the youngest team in the 2020 playoffs, and several Blackhawks experienced that intensity for the first time. This will help to further establish a culture that embraces the grind of improvement driven by competitors who are relentless, engaged, and motivated by a team-first mentality to win. As our young players develop and learn how to win consistently, they'll make some mistakes, Inevitably, we'll miss the mark sometimes, too, but we'll communicate openly with you on this journey together. We know that what comes next must be more than just words, and that inspires us, (laughs) the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, first, I'm going to say they missed an Oxford comma, which really just makes me mad. Um, But yeah, that was their letter and my best... In my best soft letter reading voice. <laughs> oh,
1: that, that really just made it even better. But I'm sorry. It was. I, oh.
0: And then I, I tweeted. I'm like, guys, at least the Blackhawks <laughs> can give their fans a letter. And said, so we never got a letter. We just and then I did the da da da. Just kidding. Suck at Blackhawks. Um, yeah. it it's just so if you recall, two years ago the New York Rangers wrote this same kind of letter to their fans and then ended up with top picks. So maybe a letter gets you to top picks, but we'll see.
2: Well, I, let me tell you I, something I... about that. <laughs> that letter, whoever wrote that letter deserves to, to be fired. I mean, that was minor league. Like, what What was that really? I mean, there it's, was not really Tyler. much professionalism in there.
0: The, the letter was just, just meant to jerk off your fans to make, let them know you're starting over
2: see, but, do that see but here's my like issue with
0: 16.
2: it here, here, yes but here's my issue with it you shouldn't have to do that as a chicago blackhawks you shouldn't have to do that as a team like the detroit red wings you shouldn't have to do that as a as an original six franchise like that like i understand like the nashville predators or like an organization like say the san jose sharks or a team like that doing something like that but Tampa in Bay. terms of like a uh, exactly, Tampa Bay, Florida, a team like that that is is in in danger of losing their entire fan base. The Blackhawks aren't going to lose their fan base. The Red Wings aren't going to lose their fan base. So my issue with it was first of all that now the other thing that i will say and a lot of people compared it to the new york rangers one the rangers one was a lot more realistic that was before the trade deadline that was them basically saying hey look there's a lot of your favorite players that probably aren't going to be in this uniform after this trade deadline and they're kind of giving you a heads up for what's going to happen we're looking towards the future that kind of thing i understand that but this came out of absolute left field
0: so you're saying they should have released a letter before free agency
2: yeah, I mean, when once they got eliminated or, or maybe at the draft or something, I don't know. I mean, it's just you have your captain speak out, and now you come up with that. I, I don't remember the New York Rangers thing happening because any captains – in fact, they traded their captain, didn't they? They traded Ryan McDonough down to Tampa. So Yeah.
0: yeah I, I, I mean – <laughs> I think the big thing with it is that – I think we go back to your other point – is is that they should have... I mean, fans should see it coming. You, you can see the performance of the team start to go down. You can see them trade some people. And then smart people will go, well, I- I've followed the team. I know when we were good. I now know we're not. Uh, we need to rebuild. There's not really a reason for a letter like this, and I guess it's just to massage the feelings of people, which is, yeah. I-, I guess it's fan service. But to me... It was a lot of corporate speak. There was nothing really in here, like you said, of any informative substance. at all. Mm-hmm. We want to reach the summit again. Like, give me a fucking. What does that break. even mean?
1: Like, you know what's incredible is they even finished. O- t- even though they had eight OT losses, like yeah. they still technically, sure. based off the NHL's awful win loss, they were in o- over a five hundred team.
0: Yeah, and they don't even like. End it, it's not they, like but,
1: they're that
2: far
0: no and they don't end the letter with like we're in this together or anything like that it's just like chicago blackhawks with their logo like i hear that one more time
1: how do you feel with how's brain inside feeling all this like he has been the pawn of their bullshit for the last like five six years now
0: uh probably laughing his ass off with his new team so yeah, i mean true okay this is <laughs> uh or you could take one of the A's out of his name and he becomes Brandon Yeah, especially because he's
1: going to all the places he's going to. Yeah, he's not sad. He's going to Colorado. Who exactly. Are kidding?
0: Yeah, he's going to be a, a perennial contender. So... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> See you guys.
1: I, I thought it was interesting. So we're obviously the first place I usually go for fun news like this is the athletics. So Scott Powers had a, um acknowledgement, if you will, of this a little bit with Mark Lazarus. And the biggest thing you go is like, why now? This is a quote from Mark Lazarus, who covers the Blackhawks as one of their senior guys. He goes, Well, because Taze made it clear he wasn't happy with the direction the franchise is going in the wake of the decision to kick Coy Crawford to the curb and trade Sod. It's in the wake of that bit of bad PR, the Blackhawks wisely decided to go the New York Rangers route and level with fans that, yes, they're rebuilding. Yes, it's been going on for quite some time. I don't feel like that's a wise move, though. You're not that far out. They got it. Yes, I get it. They stumbled into the playoffs, but they've got talent on this roster that when you look at Detroit, that yes, okay, they're shells of their past self, especially when you look at Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, but... They have talent in Taves and King, and they've managed to build around that. But now they're just saying "fuck it, we're done." That's why they got they well, let Crawford go, they let Saad go. Like what, what? I don't get it.
0: In the same sentence, he even said after Taves cried, so it's like it's not a they wisely did it. It was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. They weren't planning on doing that, but they. Their fans saw that the veteran players and their quote-unquote star players, because we all know that Kane and Tay's production is going down because they're getting older. But Yeah, but I they, mean, they, they had the, building they
1: blocks the, there yeah. all under 25 years old.
0: Yeah, but they, uh, like you said, they got rid of some of them. And it, it all goes back, I mean, I guess it all goes back to trading Panarin and that you know, was
2: their biggest mistake i think yeah and oh, i mean that was a was. big
0: mistake but the thing is is like it's it goes back to that this letter was an afterthought this letter was uh kind of like a to cover our ass scenario and it didn't even mm-hmm. do that because it didn't really explain anything it just said yeah you saw us get rid of some people get ready to be garbage for a while bye i mean so th- it, this is
1: just their roster right now so guys that are 25 and under and this isn't going to include some of their other younger players. They got Alex DeBrincat, Dominic Kubalik, who had a, a breakout season, Amazing. essentially. Uh, let's see. Going through David Kampf, role guy. Lucas Walmart, role guy. But then they've got Kirby Doc, who was a top 10 pick.
2: Kirby Dock's uh, good.
1: He's going to be an absolute stud. He's 19 years old. They've got Alexander Nylander. Uh, Matthew Highmore. I don't know much about him. Dylan Strom is on the roster. He's the one of their. Own, he's the only guy that they don't have signed right now on their on their list. And then on top of that, then you go to the defense. They got Adam Boquist, who was drafted two two years ago. Nikita Zadarov, who's expected to come in and help this lineup out. So that that he came across, I think, with the trade with Saad. Correct? Yep. Yeah. So they've got. A decent, is it a, a, a standout team? Not necessarily, but then you're that's not even mentioning the fact that they still have a Brent Seabrook, they still have a Duncan Keith, they have a Calvin Dehan that can still make it do something on the back end for them. And having touched on Kane and Taves, like this isn't a, a not a bad roster, but they just said, fuck it, we're done. I don't yeah. get it. They've got. The goaltending is going to be their biggest question mark because they're going with Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban. So that's where they're like, oh, shit, because, oh, hey, guess what? They traded Robin Lehner, too.
0: Yeah. So the fans are like, yeah, we're going to sign a goalie. And then they sign Subban to an extension. And they're like, yeah, Subban will be a great backup. And then nothing happens and then nothing (laughs) happens and then nothing happens. And they go, well, shit, Uh, they can can get Jimmy (laughs) Howard. I mean, they could, but is that really any better than replacing Corey Crawford?
1: No, that'd be worse.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, their goalie issues are not going to really get any better. Yeah, um, of those
1: that are remaining right now, UFA-wise, it's Corey Schneider, Craig Anderson, Jimmy Howard, Mike Condon, uh, Ryan Miller, their next (laughs) name of note, Garrett Sparks.
0: Yeah, so it's... Um,
1: Yeah, so...
0: Hmm. It's Delia and Subban, and to tell you their level of play, Colin Delia is making a million dollars, and Malcolm Subban is making $850,000, and they're both 26 years old. Yeah. So it's going to be a little rough in Chicago, and I think by... And I am
2: here for it by every not... second. Yep, me too, every single of bit their of it. pain,
1: I will <laughs> just love it.
0: By not bringing back Crawford, I think that was one of the the first steps towards just not stabilizing your team, but actively making it worse.
1: Especially because, wasn't it just a few weeks ago that we were talking? Or or, Okay, I say a few weeks. uh, Like two months ago, there was a deal pretty much in place to bring him back for one more year?
0: I don't know, but I think that would have been beneficial. If you're going to start rebuilding now, you should probably not jump in at goalie. So Uh, that's not the 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 area you want to be your your weak point going into a rebuild but i mean it's it's the blackhawks and i assume that stan bowman knows what he's doing but not really yeah right and we'll <laughs> we'll see where it goes from there but uh i think that this actually kind of goes into our next subject uh pretty nicely which is the rumblings about a realignment for the 2020-21 season <laughs> due to covid Because travel is restricted between the United States and Canada, uh, there is a talk that there is probably going to be a Canadian-only division. I'm okay with that. Anything that gets the season to start in a reasonable amount of time is good with me. But I think it'll be interesting. And there is a, I think, Ryan, it started with Bill Foley, right?
1: Yeah, there was a big, uh, maybe an oops
0: that came out. In an L- interview from Bill Foley in the, in the Midwest, so, it's called an OP.
1: Yeah, and a big old OOP, and <laughs> like to kind of go into what he stated. Uh, this is from a Greg Wachinski article back on the fourteenth. So this kind of hit the news wire about a week ago. Uh, but I mean, he, he gave some tidbits that he thinks the season will be less than sixty games, thinking it'll be a forty-eight to fifty-six, and from that point, the real bomb. If you want to even call it that is that they believe the season's going to begin on February 1st, which was if you've been following along, January 1st was their ideal start date. And they would kick it off with the winter classic, which in February 1st or right around there, they could still do that because it's going to be nice and cold. But those are some of the big ones that just boom right out the gate. That is probably a bit of Bill Daly saying, you son of a bitch. What have you done?
0: Yeah, and I I don't think that's the first time he's done that with with breaking news either. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's actually a little bit of a realignment article from The Athletic posted in August by Eric Duhaschek. That kind of goes over what the new divisions could look like. Now, this is not a for-sure thing. This has not been decided on. There's no actual NHL news based around this, but it's fun to speculate. Mm -hmm. So... Of course, a Canadian-only division would be the Vancouver Canucks, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Winnipeg Jets, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Ottawa Senators, and the Montreal Canadiens. This would make for mostly divisional play, and then they could wait until closer to the end of the season or until we see how COVID goes past winter because it's getting worse rather than better. And then they could play games in the U.S. later on in the season against other teams. but. Mm -hmm most of the beginning of the season would be them playing each other yeah biggest thing
1: because the the border being closed so obviously i think there's been some exceptions out there but it's it's too much of a gray area between mostly i mean i think it seems like the u.s is more than willing to allow athletes to travel we've already seen that i
0: think for an extended stay i don't think they would let them back and forth every day
1: Correct. And I think oh, they that's were willing to do it for the,
2: for the Blue Jays. Well, the Canadian well, government was the one that shut that down, not in the American government.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting to, is that the Canadian government, however, does not want the going back and forth exactly. because they're dealing with their own separate issue. They're trying to increase. contain
0: everything.
1: <laughs> Correct. So having the players going back and forth, I don't think it's as much of an issue. However, you've got... 30 plus people traveling with then you've got is it going to be by bus are they flying is it more is it privatized or are they trying to go commercial I think that issue right there alone is really what kind of puts a oh shit moment uh, behind it
0: yeah and now everywhere you go you have to quarantine for two weeks when you get there exactly when you leave the country so it doesn't really make much sense for Canadian teams to be traveling back and forth across the border so a Canada only (laughs) division uh, the Eastern Division, U.S. East, would be uh, Boston, Buffalo, both New York teams, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. That I can deal with. Great. Fantastic.
1: A big thing to that, too, like even adding to it in this article with, that's uh, from Wyszynski, uh, and we've hit on this one multiple times before, is attendance is another driving factor yep. to how things are actually going to work, especially for the NHL.
0: If you can have attendance.
1: And they basically need forty or fifty percent attendance to make things appropriate, and they can't do that. No. So there's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to watch because they he made it very clear that a bubble system for the regular season is not work.
0: No, we can already
1: yeah, see that that, 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 that can't happening. work. There's too many teams that have to make the move. Major League Baseball has done a fantastic job with how the playoffs have gone. So maybe that's something you can readdress down the line or they go back to now. I'm saying this all with the think thought of who knows if things are going to change, but it's it's just that's a logistical nightmare. And it's not fair to the, the players or the families at no, all,
2: not at all. Uh, yeah, no, they're not doing that. I've said before, there's zero chance that they're doing that. They'll do yeah. what Major League Baseball and what the NFL is doing, and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll take their lumps and they'll move on. And I mean, in some municipalities and cities, they'll let fans come to the games, and in some they won't, and I think they'll have to deal with it that way. And I mean, I think that's kind of where yeah. we are at this point with the NHL, uh, or I'm sorry, Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA when they restart, although they think they're going to go into a bubble, I do call bullshit on that there's no fucking way they do that no is that who the nba there's zero chance they do that no. there's zero chance they, the nhl does it, 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 it the only chance that there a, is the nfl will probably go into partial. a bubble for the playoffs or something you know what i mean
1: that could work i mean the state with the stadiums and how everything's set up it's every yep. protein every pro sport in the u.s can easily go into a bubble for their playoffs the mls has already done it to start their season NHL did it, Major League Baseball is doing it, NBA did it, NFL I don't know what their playoff plan is, but they could easily do it. So it's we can speculate all we want, but something is going to happen. We just don't know what.
0: Yeah. Right. I, we're in the same boat as literally everyone else. Like the, the league yeah. doesn't even know what they're going to do yet. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm sure they have some sort of an idea of what they're what they're looking at at least. Sure. I think the
1: biggest thing that we can go off of is in this is exactly what Bill Foley stated: is that the NHL is going to rush to complete the season by the end of June in order to avoid conflicts with the Summer Olympics this year in Tokyo, if they take place, obviously.
0: Yeah, I think one of his quotes was, or someone's quote saying, you may see four, five, and in some cases, uh, back-to-backs with six games. Yep, in a that week. was Foley. Yeah. To where, There's going to be
1: a lot of back-to-backs. He said. In theory, we're going to play four or five games a week to get the season done. Yep. maybe even more injuries. five games a week. All no, I, yep.
0: No bye week. No All Star break. They're mm-hmm. going to try and get. I mean, you've got to get a at least a 55-60 sixty-game season in. Uh, and it, I don't. They won't go a full eighty-two, uh, but it will no, they be. Can't. I don't think they can go any less than fifty. So uh, Well,
2: next... unless they want to play into the summer and start next year a little bit later, too. No, nah, they don't want to, though.
0: I don't know. I know I they don't
2: that... want to, but I mean, there becomes a point in time where it's a business decision where you're like, well, we want to do this, but... If we don't do this and we don't have 82 games, then this is the deficit that we've already dug for ourselves. We'll just continue to mount. And I mean, well, no, a, if, as Tyler, much as if it's... they don't,
0: if they don't do 82 games, they would just do a shortened season and then get right back on schedule for the 2021-22 mm-hmm. season.
2: I guess that's probably the best way to do it then to take your lumps on. You um, have to. You have to. Year. Yeah.
0: You, I'm not going to force, especially with how how much injury could go up with playing four to five games a week. I'm not going to make them do that for 82 games if I can do it for 50 games or 65 games and call it a season at that point. That is true, yeah. So you just at deal with the, the COVID-shortened season, the purposely mm-hmm. shortened season, and then back to a full season in 21-22. By that time, we'll have a vaccine and everything should be okay. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah.
1: I think ideally you get what you hope for too in that sense for the shortened season is we don't run into what the NFL did and they have very little buildup. They don't have a proper training camp. They have no preseason. And then you come out in the first two weeks as a litany of injuries to star players. NHL yeah. cannot afford that either.
0: No. Um, so the next division. No, call- cause the
2: look at, I mean, if you think about it and then this isn't even the fact that people aren't going in the buildings either, but if you look at the numbers, people aren't watching either, which is – that's the board. not well, good for so across the board.
0: That's debatable. Uh, the way the numbers are yeah. calculated are by cable boxes. And with the amount oh, no, of people true. cutting cable, moving to streaming, finding online ways to okay. stream, it's – yeah, it's – Me too. <laughs> I don't the, – the numbers to me don't mean anything. Numbers are kind of an outdated way to see unless they find a way to count every internet stream or whatever it's an outdated way to, to figure out who's watching a game because Nielsen works on cable boxes. So, um, so the next divisions, the U S Paci- they call it the Pacific ish division. <laughs> it's the Anaheim ducks, uh, Arizona coyotes, Dallas stars, LA Kings, San Jose sharks, Vegas, golden Knights, Colorado avalanche and St. Louis blues. So that's most of the Western teams. If you move to the last division it would be the U S Midwest slash South division. Uh, Chicago, Minnesota, Nashville, Columbus, Detroit, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa. Um, I'd like that now. I do too. Um, That is a division I think I would much rather be in currently than being stuck with Boston and Toronto. But I I think that works. And I think that's a good enough alignment. Keeps teams close enough to around home. uh, Minimizes travel. Uh, and still gives it kind of each team kind of a fair shake in in where they're laid out. And I think the mid the that division creates a little, I don't want to say weaker of a division, but not as top heavy as the current division. Um, and it is a little bit more room to spread out. Detroit would have a, a better chance against a Florida and against the Minnesota and against a Chicago uh, than we currently have against teams in our own division. So. I like the plan. I, I and I shouldn't say plan because it's not a plan. But I like the idea. Idea, of it. Yep. and I think that's that's a, a way they're going to go. Uh, if it, not a way they're going to go, but the smartest way for them to go when they decide to do something.
2: So, I hear some people saying they're not going to play at all and I'm like, yeah, right.
0: There's no way they'd lose way too much money. That makes no sense. They'll play, but they're really going to have to work on on how they get back and the safety measures they're going to put in place. Um so, we'll go from that to our next topic, which our friend Yoki Nevalainen over at Dabber Prospects tweeted out his projected lineup for Team Sweden for the 2021 World Juniors. And there are six Red Wings prospects on it. So that is almost one third of the people on the team would be Red Wings, uh, which is actually pretty freaking cool.
1: It is. That is the Iser plan in
0: process. Just saying. Yeah. So you've got uh, your top line of Alexander Holtz, which is a Devils prospect, Carl Henriksen, which is a Ranger. Almost prospect, a Red Wing. and And Lucas Raymond. The future. Yep. Uh, second line of William <laughs> Eklund, which is a 2021 prospect. Future Red Wing. Arvid Kosmar, Vancouver. <laughs> Simon Holmstrom, Islanders. Your third line of Zion Nybet, Carolina. Theodore Niederbach, Detroit. <laughs> Noel Gundler, Hey-who. Carolina. Your fourth line of Emil Heinemann, Florida. Albin Sunqvist, Anaheim. And Albin Gruve, Detroit. Detroit. Nice. And your two extras, uh, Elmer Soderblom, Detroit, and Daniel Lungman, Dallas. And Tell you what, if
1: Soderblom keeps up his shit, he's going to be on that roster.
0: Yeah. No, you know. Iserman
2: drafted him, correct?
0: Yeah, that was the Iserman draft. So he was drafted in round six, number 159 overall. And he, the way I watched him play today, he could be a, a really good player. Uh, he's, like, he's like six foot five. Or taller, six foot seven, and he skates like he's six foot one. Like he is agile, and his, his maneuverability spin, is insane.
1: That spin and backhand pass to the slot right yeah. in front of the net today was beautiful.
0: Yeah, he had a great yeah, game. Sure um, it, it was. Yoki also said though that they are carrying extra players so that even the people mm-hmm. who are listed on the roster as, as um, healthy scratches would most likely get ice time. So. Yeah. Uh, On defense, you have uh, Tobias Bjornfutt, which is L.A., Victor Soderstrom, which is Arizona, Philip Broberg, Edmonton, Albert Johansson, Detroit, Emil Andre, Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. Helga Granz, L.A., uh, William Vollender, Detroit, and Eric Hjorth, Columbus. And then in goal, you have Hugo Allenfeldt, which is Tampa, uh, Jesper Wahlstedt, which is the top goalie prospect for the 2021 draft, and Kelly Klang, which is a Pittsburgh prospect. So that is six Red Wings that Yoki uh, projects to make Team Sweden for the 2021 World Juniors, which would be phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if and they, every
1: one of them was a Detroit or uh, of course they were a Detroit pick, an Iserman pick.
0: Yeah. So if they actually do make it and they do, they make a splash in the tournament or do well in the tournament, that is a very strong sign for the Red Wings. Hey
2: Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You realize that they've won like what's it, fifty preliminary games in a row or something sure, like that? Sure. Or did that finally come to an end?
0: Uh no. Do Sweden? Don't... No, I don't yeah, think Yeah, Sweden.
2: So. What? <laughs>
0: No. The thing yeah, is,
2: they've won. They've won the preliminary. Uh, they went four and zero last year too, or five and zero last year too. So I think it's like seven or eight years in a row that they haven't lost a preliminary round game or something.
0: Historically, Team Sweden is generally very good in yes. the World Juniors. So if they continue <laughs> that, then I think that's a strong. That's a a strong sign that the future of Detroit is bright. I mean, it's out of that. Out of that group of players, I don't think there's a ton of uh, top-line talent, but Lucas Raymond is a is a line-one player. Theodore Niederbach is, like I think I said today, a mid-six, probably a second-line center. Uh, Gruve is a depth guy, um, third, fourth line. You look at Albert Johansson, which is probably a middle-pair defenseman. Vollender uh, could also be a middle-pair defenseman. So uh, Soderblom's probably a third or fourth line guy, maybe a stretch second. It, it, you're got, getting guys through your lineup, but if they're all good enough to play for Team Sweden, those are quality prospects. hmm
2: Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And like I, like I said before, Sweden's been a perennial powerhouse in the World Juniors, and the fact that you know the Wings are going to have a bunch of players on that team, I mean, it, it should mean that they end up being at least decent players at the nhl level i mean if you look at that tournament year in and year out it turns out nhl talent like crazy and not just with sweden but with you know the americans and obviously canada and you know the other countries as well but sweden's definitely up there and i mean the fact that you're gonna have some players on their first line and second line and then their top d pairs as well i mean that's that's amazing to see yeah
0: so detroit again in a few years is swedish house mafia that's what we're gonna call ourselves yep V two. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna go on to the next. Uh, I just tried to touch on that really quick because it's really cool. Hey Greg, to see. did you
2: see the thing that I retweeted a bit ago? No. Um, the scores reporting the NHL tent- tentatively grants seven non-playoff teams longer
0: training camps. Oh, did they? That's one thing that I. No, that was approved. Iserman and all yep. the other um, uh, GMs from the non-playoff teams requested two weeks early. Yeah, that's a
1: topic for Friday's meeting period, LeBron's article today.
0: Yeah, we just don't know when that's going to start because we don't know when the official start of the season is. And now I think Bob Bob McKenzie said he could see the start of the season being mid to late uh, February. So we'll see when that actually happens because the teams are not going to want to give up holiday time with their family. Right. Since they just had to give up summer with their family. So. Um, we'll move from what is cool in Team Sweden into what may be even better in a possible secondary buyout. So we had talked, if you listened to our extended episode last week about the trade deadline in free agency, you will have known that Tyler Bertuzzi has elected to go to arbitration. That date is now five days away and they have not decided on a contract. But what I uncovered is after doing a little bit more research is that even if a player just elects for arbitration and settles outside of arbitration, you still get that secondary buyout window, which happens, I believe uh, 48 hours after they decide on a contract or after the hearing is supposed to take place. So after the 25th uh, it would be the 27th or 28th that the Red Wings would have their second buyout window open in which I think they have a couple options. So, the obvious option, right, is to buy out uh, Franz Nielsen, right? The obvious option. But what if they waive Franz Nielsen and buy out Darren Helm?
1: Say that one more time. I'm into that.
0: I said, what if they waive Franz Nielsen and buy out Darren Helm? Because Do you want the fan, I, to fan base the to the burn down? The fan base,
1: I get my. It. God. Screw the that's, damn fan base. But, but Interesting. Here's
0: Here's my Here's where I start thinking Tyler, about they're going to come for you now. So our other um They can
2: come for me all they want. <laughs> Screw the damn fan base. You know what? I mean, if it makes the team better in the long term and it makes the team a little all bit right. worse First in the short all, term, that's fine.
1: It doesn't make the team any better or worse.
0: Well, it may, but it does oh. it does do this. So, what I was thinking and our our main point of tonight was kind of to be roster projections. But I'm trying to project my roster, and here's where I met with it. So I have a top line of Bertuzzi, Lark, and Mantha. It's unchanged. My second line is Bobby Ryan, Vadislav Nemestikov, Philip Zadina. I think okay. that gives you a-, a vet in Ryan. That gives you your sen- second line center Nemestikov that Iserman went out and got. That gives you your fringe could be fringe top line winger in Zadina, depending on how he does this year. You have your third line where I started getting a little bit dicey. My third line right now is Darren Helm, Robbie Fabry, Valtteri, Philpola. Fabry wants to play center. Great. Put Phil on wing where he's less of a liability. Great. Darren Helm on that third line for me is a plug. I could put Gagne there. Helm gives you some speed on that third line. Great. And grit. Don't forget the grit. I don't care. Philpola can give you the know, same I'm kidding, grit. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Phil can give you the same grit as Darren Helm, um, but my fourth line right now is Gagne, Glendening, Svechnikov. That leaves you with extra players in Adam Ernie, Giovanni Smith, and Dmitro Timashov. That's three extra players. Now you haven't signed Temeshov yet. Temeshov also did not elect for arbitration, so which was
1: interesting. Was he able to go to arbitra- arbitration?
0: Uh, I don't know, but the other part of that is it could be, he could stay overseas. No,
1: he was not.
0: Okay. Well, he doesn't have a contract.
1: At least per, at least per cap friendly, he was not yeah. able to go to arbitration. Yeah,
0: So Timashov does not have a contract, so he could stay overseas or they need to sign him. Mm-hmm. So that got me thinking, yeah, you could use that second buyout window to buy out Nielsen. But you could also just waive Nielsen and buy out Helm because it would be a lower cost, lower term move to buy out mm-hmm. Helm, and then you free up another spot, and then you you can move you could shift Gagne up to the third line and plug in Timoshkov Smith on that fourth line. You could put Timoshkov Smith on the third line and keep Gagne where he's at. It gives you a, a few more options, and I think that's kind of what it. it it's obvious that that's what Iserman is looking for right now is options. And that's why he signed all these guys. So to round out my my projection for my roster, uh, DK Heronic, Stetcher, Merrill, Nemeth, Stahl with an extra being Viega, mm-hmm. And you got Bernie and Grice. So that's my projected lineup going into next season from where the, the signings stand.
1: I, I gotta agree, top six for me is pretty spot on. Really t- your top nine. I think that having Gagne, Fabry, and Philpola together is actually a solid third line right there. You've but Fabry got the speed and maneuverability, and he you know that he can push the play up further. You know Gagne from what we saw last season he can still push the play and actually be engaged. Philpola he's not going to take the chances that Faber is going to take. And, you know, Gagne may not take as many chances as well, but I, that's a solid scoring line that can still do enough to protect you. And like I said, you have three centers there. So there's flexibility whether or not they get stuck in him in their own. And if they have to take faceoffs, you can rely on those guys to take those big draws. And then going to your fourth line, here's where it's, I struggle. It's like to your point, buying out Helm would make sense financially and logistically in that you're only paying him for two years where the Nielsen buyout's going to cost you for four. But you look at the comparison of those two guys. Yes, Nielsen's a center. Helm can play center, but he also is a winger. And Franz Nielsen is the shell of Justin Abdelkader. It's just that he's paid more. And you're going to pay him for four years if you buy him out, which, to your point, is where it would be more beneficial to waive him. Now, whether or not there's an AHL season, who knows? But that him not taking that roster spot would be
0: huge.
1: Now, if they did that, does his full salary fall off?
0: If they waive him? No.
1: Yeah. What, no. what is the hit there if he's waived uh,
0: it is minimum contract value plus like it's like $750,000 or something
1: so it's pretty much like paying a vet minimum salary
0: basically that's or that that's would be what you get back that's your savings
1: gotcha so i mean yes it's it, so you're saving money which then again to what we've talked about before allows detroit which they can still easily do that to take on a contract before the season starts now who that is going to be it could happen a lot of different ways but i mean really i think your ideal fourth line could be timishov Glenn Denning, and helm and you've got threats on all four lines in this this scenario and you could even take philip on timishov and flip them if you're going for a more attacking third line because we saw last year times that timishov he's got he's got some offensive talent there he just needs to be given the opportunity which we i think we've said ad nauseum for a lot of guys but um, th- th- there's a good balance, I feel. And my defense, though, uh, it doesn't change from what you've got. And obviously, goaltending is Grayson Bernier, so there's nothing happening there either.
0: Did you say Timoshev, Glendenning, Helm? Yep. Okay. Now, what if I told you Timoshev, Glendenning, Svechnikov? I'd do it. Because Svech signed a contract, and he is not waiver exempt. So he makes the team, mm. or he doesn't and okay. I, I think they're going to have to give him a fair shot because injuries have derailed his 80% of his pro career. So, if that's
1: the case, then I'm putting Shet- Svechnikov on the third line with Fabry and Gagne and dropping Philpola down, and then you've got your pick of five or six folks for your fourth line.
0: Sure, so then your yeah. fourth line is Philpola, Glendening, Timoshev, or Philpola, Glendening, Smith. Mm-hmm. Something that's not. Darren Helm, Franz Nielsen.
1: Yeah. We didn't even talk about Mm Giovanni Smith and all that either.
0: No, I
2: have something a little bit different than you guys. I I think
1: Smith, I think Smith is in the lineup next year. After we have a few more contracts
0: go away. I think so, too. Um, but, Tyler, what's your roster lineup? And then we'll get to So, I
2: mean, uh, I'm not going to change the first line. The first line was one of the better ones in hockey at time last year. So, Bert, Lark's Mantha, you know, we'd keep that the same. And then I would go Zadina, Namesnikov, Bobby Ryan. I think that's a pretty good line there. And then, honestly, this is the one that kind of changes a little bit. Um, I would go Rasmussen, Fabry, and Gagne. And then for the fourth line, I would do Phil Bullock on Denning, Svechnikov slash Ernie. And I would either buy out or waive Nielsen or buy out Helm and waive Nielsen.
0: So we both have the same buy out wave ideas. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea because, I mean, you end up not paying as much if you're if you're waiving Nielsen versus buying him out. You're you're paying him for, what, four years? If if
0: Yeah, as opposed to the two that are left on out. his contract.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um. Now, are we going D as well?
0: I mean, you can go through D. I thought the D pairs were pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's really nothing uh, you can do crazy there. Unless I you mean, take, I yeah, personally like.
2: Not. Yeah, Cider's not coming well, back. I maybe. mean, th- th- there's no point. I, I mean, I but guess when they I start mean, their
1: season, the year the season would only be two or three months old by that point. So he very well could
2: okay so let's not factor him in but if we were factoring him in i mean obviously he'd probably be on that third d pair with merrill or stall or Biega, one of those guys um now what i do on defense is nemeth heronic dk stetcher merrill stall slash Biega. one of the pick yeah. your poison there i mean there's not really yeah. much you can do to maneuver it unless you're putting chulowski in there or you're putting in um cider
0: i think though with the the bottom with most of our defense i at this point i think you can put them anywhere in the d pairings as long as you keep heronic on the top pair and you, you're going to be okay you're not really sacrificing defensive play heronic at this point in the lineup is our only offensive defenseman
2: well yeah, stetcher really... brings a little bit offensively Sure, yeah, but i don't think comparison...
0: he's i don't think he's built though as an offensive defenseman no i
2: don't think so everyone either. else I'm he pretty saying, much yeah. can be
0: uh, sure sure but i mean so can dk i guess yeah mm-hmm. if you want to say three on that three way. overtime yeah but you're you're <laughs> so heronic is your only textbook offensive defenseman yeah. you could put stetcher with ronic you could put merrill with heronic you put nemeth or stall with heronic and i think you'd be okay mm-hmm. um dk again you could slot anywhere in the in the, the defense pairings and still be okay the only wrench that gets thrown in is if cider comes in, then that's a wrench that gets thrown in and you figure out where to put them. And personally, I'd put them on the second D pairing.
1: So with nemeth, I think that'd be fantastic.
0: Sure. So then your pairings would be DK, Heronic, Nemeth and, um, cider. And then you've got Stetcher, Merrill install. And, and I think your third pair then ends up becoming Stetcher, Merrill installs your extra.
1: Or they run seven D, which I mean they they've shown that they can be effective with that at times. They could. I um, thought I thought I think that's where, I mean this is my opinion, but I think some of the better games they've had under Blashill have been where they run seven D and then they rotate one of Mantha, Burt, and Larkin on the fourth line. And you, they just go if hands. you
2: listen to players talk about seven defensemen. It works for like a night or two. No, that's After what I'm that, saying. When they actually, one of those it's, it, yeah. He
1: was spreading it out at times, and I, when he would use it, it would work. But I mean, obviously, you're not doing it to kill your guys all the time because yeah, you, you can't do
2: that every night. No, you just. People that suggest stuff like that, and I'm not, I'm not coming at you personally or anything like that, but no, no, like cool people hockey. that, pe- <laughs> but people that say that, like, like I remember Tampa fans saying, "Oh, you can run seven defensemen every night." It's like, no, you've never no. played hockey. It's, it's unless fucking you've got a exhausting. good rotation among
1: your forwards that you can and yeah, not lose a step. If
2: you, if you have like a forward that plays like half the game, or you have a guy that can double shift every you know, four or five shifts or whatever, I mean, then mm-hmm. it works. But, I mean, with guys like the Red Wings, I mean, I, every other night maybe or, like, maybe on the second night of back-to-backs or something or the first night, I can yeah. see it, but not every night. There's no possible way.
1: No. But on a, also on a team that's hurting for scoring like Detroit to spread Mantha, Burt, and Larkin out if you can across those yep. lines at times and they're double-shifting once per, per a few times a period, sometimes you kind of need that.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, no, but, I agree with that. I think what the roster leaves us with mostly is a lot more questions. Uh, They're
1: not bad questions,
0: though. No, too many players and not enough places to put them, which Mm -hmm. is, I guess, a a better problem than not, because we know something else is going to happen. So it gives us more to talk about. But also the Iserman's in charge and the moves that he's made recently are nothing short of spectacular. So not spectacular in the sense that he signed all the big free agents and we're going to go win a Stanley Cup, but spectacular in the sense that the organization has basically turned over a third of their roster and gotten better for cheap short term contracts. So spectacular for where we're supposed to be going. Um, But the last part of what we're going to do tonight is get into our listener questions. We have a couple from Twitter. I kind of posted this last minute, so we only got a couple questions first we're gonna take a question from dan on twitter hey dan at d clinic 66 how about when can we anticipate detroit red wings hockey returning when can we anticipate the detroit red wings 2021 schedule being released he says i know that by january it will be 10 months without red wings hockey yes we're all very sad um my my best guess uh, to be hopeful would be around valentine's day so around February fourteenth, fifteenth, that's my best guess. Uh, that's kind of backed up by the rambling mouth of Bill Foley. Um, mm-hmm. so that's my that's my best guess is mid February. And like I said, Bob McKenzie said it could be mid to late February. I think it was Bob McKenzie that said mid to late February. So
1: I, I don't know. It's it's hard for me. I, I want That's what she said. Hey, there we go. That's naughty. No, um, I mean, I think, That's unfortunately, spirit. January 1st. <laughs> I only had one beer, too. Hey. Uh, January 1st is likely out, which is a bummer, but not necessarily surprising. I think there's kind of like what we talked about a little bit ago, a lot of logistics involved as to how they can make this work. And the biggest over like the glaring issue in the room or elephant in the room is what Canada is going to allow. I mean, they're not even wanting to let their minor league leagues check. No. If that tells you they're feeling about hockey and the sport of things right now, which is so weird because they had the bubble in, anyways. so it doesn't
2: that make think, any sense at all.
1: No, but that's a different story. But I don't know. I, I could see mid-July, July, mid-January to early February is the most ideal or likely at this point, so... Yeah, that's that's my hope.
2: Yeah, Ryan, I agree with the same thing. I mean, I think the most realistic thing is probably sometime at the beginning of January to the mid part of January. I mean, the Mm -hmm. most hopeful and, the you know, what I hope for is sometime, you know, after the World Juniors, you know, in mid January or something like towards my birthday. That would be pretty awesome. But I mean, (laughs) uh, honestly, if if we're talking about the Red Wings starting on February 1st or on February fifth i mean i would be ecstatic honestly i mean that would that would be totally fine with me i mean we've waited this long what's another couple weeks you know what i mean
0: hell it's, yeah well i, I, I know great. but
2: i mean it is what it is i guess at this point right there's not really a whole lot we can do about it i mean
0: no but i guess bitch. if it started in, if, it's, <laughs> if it started in february that would be kind of almost a typical off season so well, it,
2: it, it technically, would be like almost a year since we've we've well, seen the Red Wings. Red play Wings,
0: but I mean hockey in general. Uh, but I guess yeah. your what you brought up is that if they did get granted permission to start early, then we would probably see training camps start in if it started mid February in in late January. So that's that's I think uh, an, an upside is even if we don't see play happening you will see training camps and and stuff starting in in late January. So Mm -hmm. hope that answers your question, Dan. The next question we have is from Dylan Krill at Dylan underscore Krill on Twitter. Uh, What are your thoughts on Chalowski? And if the Wings were to trade him, what would you want or expect (sighs) the return to be? Chalowski is my enigma. Um, (laughs) He shows up on the Red Wings roster, plays great for like two weeks, plays Okay to bad for another two weeks, and then goes to the AHL. And it sat on
2: his birthday shame. in his hometown. Misses shame. Yeah,
0: yeah. He can't play in front of his parents. All that stuff. That was bullshit. I'm still
2: pissed. doesn't like
0: him. I, I don't think it's that Blaschel doesn't like him. It's that there were obvious oh, defensive. There were obvious defensive. He went full Babcock. That was bullshit in his game. I I go to the point of it's a. I get it feel good moments to play on your birthday and stuff and it's great if you're trying to make the team better you're not going to play the defensive liability and he needed the ahl time and even last year he still needed the ahl time and i i think he's got the tool set i don't think he has the confidence i think that's the problem so, if you are trading Dennis Chalowski by himself, I think you hope to get a third or fourth round pick. But I, I think Chalowski is probably better suited in a package deal for something. So, if you were to, say, try to move up in the twenty uh the, the 2021 draft, you would package a pick in Chalowski to move up.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I could see that being mm-hmm. fair. I, to me, I think he gets you at least at this point a mid-round pick, and I don't think he gets you much else. Or he does like you, like you just said, he moves you up in a draft because there's nothing I there to
0: go off of.
1: No, and if you're hoping to move up to like a late first, you'd have to really sweeten the deal, I think, because there's just been no, no consistency, like you said, and that's the. I think that's our our biggest frustrating point to all of this is because he came out the gate firing, looked fantastic in preseason, came out those first few games. You're like, oh, this kid's got something. And then he just nothing happened. And we've been waiting. He's kind of like a Svechnikov without the injuries right now. Like we are waiting for something to happen. and Nothing's happening.
0: Yeah. It's like he, he like you said, he starts hot and then he makes some mistakes and the mistakes get to him. Crushed. And it he doesn't get over it. That's the thing. Some guys will make the mistake, realize they made a mistake, learn from it, mm-hmm. and move past it. Chalowski, it seems like it sits in his head. And he, when the puck comes to him, he's trying to think, can't make that mistake again. And that being in his head doesn't let him do other stuff.
2: So I think the biggest issue with Chalowski and, and I mean, I think you, you guys are spot on of, of what we'd get back for him if it's just him by himself. But um, I think with Chalowski, it's like, as a fan base, or, or I should I should say as a fan, you saw Ken Holland waste a first-round pick on him, and you look at the guys that went after him. I am not I don't yeah. have the draft itself pulled up. But but there was other players out there that, that he certainly could have taken there. And, I mean, it's hindsight, so I guess it is what it is at this point. But what I'm trying to say is, like, I mean, it doesn't look like Steve Eisenman is trying to, like yeah, – I mean, he signed a bunch of defensemen. I guess maybe he's trying to – Grew him in the hl but even that i I just wonder if he's kind of given up on him
0: i don't know and and i think it means he clearly knows that they need work so i don't know what i don't know what they're going to do with him but like i said if we do it by itself by himself it's a mid-round pick if you package him to move up you're going to need a team that really loves dennis chelowski or loves the idea of what dennis chelowski could be and and you'd probably have to do Chalowski another piece and a second round pick to move up and in back into a first round or to switch switch spots with someone. This next draft is not as deep as the 2020 draft was, but it's still got some decent talent. There's still a pro- pop, uh, sorry, there's still a possible top 10 goalie that could go. Um, but to go for names that were picked after Dennis Chalowski. Uh, uh, here we go. Kiefer uh, Bellow. Oh, no. Not no. Kiefer Bellow. Sorry. Brett Howden. Sam Steele. Um, Libor Hijack. Jordan Cairo. Alex Debrinkit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Giovanni uh, Smith. Look at that. Hey.
2: Samuel Gerard, Carter
0: Hart. Philip Heronick, uh Tyler Parsons, uh, Dylan Dubé, uh Carl Gunstrom, Taylor Radish, if he ever plays. So there were um, some better players taking taken after Chalowski, but Chalowski was taken 20th. So Kiefer Bellows was taken 19, one above Chalowski. Um, and, and Jakub Cikorin was taken 16, which was for, but that's the pick we traded. They traded up so. for that. If you would have kept sixteen, you would have had your choices of Chikrin, uh, Dante Fabro, Kiefer Bellows. So, I'd rather
2: have Fabro than than Chalowski.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you could also have, have confusing now. Julian Gauthier or uh, German Rubsoff. So yeah, he's German in the White?
2: AHL right now with the yeah. um yeah with the Flyers. Yeah, you say or, Rubsoff. Well, the, the, the Germ- Phantoms, right?
0: you R U B. R- I u- think it's Jermaine b- Rubtsov. R-, R u b t s o v.
2: This wasn't a great <laughs> draft, huh?
0: No, this was not a great draft. I mean, mm.
2: other he, than Ma- Matthews and Linea up at the top.
0: At the top, yeah, but and you got D- Brinkett in the second round. Gachev, Hijack Jost. in the second round. Yeah, that wasn't a great. Well, actually, I,
2: Adam, the first round was pretty good. Actually, there's a lot of pretty good players in the first Adam round. Adam Fox
0: but, went 66. Uh, other than that, there wasn't a ton of yeah Logan
2: it, Brown and Tyson Joseph were first round picks I didn't even remember I don't even remember that
0: not a super strong draft Victor Mete number 100 to the
2: Logan Canadian. Brown wants 4.4 4 from the Senators in, in arbitration
0: <laughs> right now <laughs> oh, it's man. like what all right well that does it for questions Sorry, uh, go ahead. <laughs> that does it for Twitter questions <laughs> I want to get your guys final thoughts before we sign off and I'll start with Tyler
2: Uh, My final thoughts are, I mean, things are at least uh, starting to look up. We're talking about the Red Wings. We're talking about moves. We're talking about potential seasons and and what the plan could be going forward. And, I mean – NHL's out, so I mean that's good, right? <laughs> Chill, bro. Uh, you know Chill. I'm just I'm just trying to take some positives out of it. College football, well, uh, in our part of the country, starts on Saturday, which is good. Sure.
1: Um, Ryan. Fuck drive you. Drive on down the
0: <laughs> field. Shut up, Ryan.
1: Men
2: of the scarlet and gray.
0: All right, you're interrupting Tyler's final. Thoughts okay, of your you're interrupting
2: song. me. Hail to the victors, all All right, all right. No, no, sorry, but no, I mean, in all reality, no, things are starting to look up in terms of hockey and stuff. So, you know, the World Juniors and stuff, actually on Christmas Day this year, which is going to be interesting. So, I mean, I'm definitely just looking forward to hockey starting back up at some point, and everyone just keep drinking because, I mean, that's all you can do right now, right, Ryan?
1: True story. I'm enjoying my... (laughs) myself. What are you having dog. tonight, Ryan? It's a BrewDog, Clockwork Tangerine, ironically enough, from Columbus, Ohio. Ugh. So, that's fan- you never you, you got to try BrewDog. It's actually a fantastic beer. They are not <laughs> I'm sure official it beer sponsor, so I apologize, founders. You didn't hear any of that. I'm waving my hands at nothing. But I'll continue talking for my final thoughts are I will also concur that NHL 21 has definitely been an improvement. They suckered me again into buying it. Uh, the <laughs> Bia Pro is actually quite the upgrade, and I'm very happy about that. I've been playing a little bit it of Hut with our guy, our boy Pete, not Hut, the uh, Chell Club. L- yeah, Club Chell. There we go. Whatever it's called. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, I'm, I'm just hopeful and cautiously optimistic as the way forward for what the season could or could not provide us. I guess a lot just is going to come down to how bad the typical flu season is influenced by what we got going on and if things just can spiral out of control or we luck out and some of these vaccines that are near ready to go can hit the market and we can get back to normal.
0: Ryan is at RD Ryan 33 and Tyler Thank is at Seal Dog 91 You threw me off, so Jesus. whatever. My final thoughts are uh, I'm happy to be podcasting again <laughs> uh, and, and, and having stuff to talk about. And like I said, that there are more moves to come because with the way the roster and contracts are currently, uh, it's a toss up as to what is actually going to happen. So a couple more moves I think need to happen. And Iserman did leave himself open to saying that he might do some other things. Uh, My second final thought is if today is October 20th, if you go onto the Detroit Red Wings YouTube page and go to the uh, word on Woodward from today, skip all the way to the end where Art Regner is interviewing Bobby Ryan. Phenomenal interview. Um, Bobby Ryan is a top notch dude. Um, He started his quote unquote career in Detroit with Honey Baked Um, he started, he realized he needed rehab after a game against Detroit and went straight to the airport to go to rehab. And now he is going to play for Detroit. So it's an all around, he's an all around great dude. Uh, he said he is not going to take over the locker room. He's going to be a mentor for the young guys. He'll be someone they can go ask questions to because he said there were people that did that for him that, uh, he can now do for others. So, uh, great dude, great interview. Go check that out. Um, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcasts wherever there are podcasts, really. Uh, we like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use the promo code Grindline, you can get 10% off your online order. And if you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you can get 12%. I also like to give a shout out to Upper Deck because they give us a lot of really cool stuff. To give away um and we'll be doing a little bit more of that soon because i do still have a small stash of cards to give away not only to red wings fans but to uh also to other people um but that's going to do it for us tonight so for ryan and tyler i am greg you stay classy hockey town